Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in Friday edition of the program, complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective headed into a big weekend. As long as the weather cooperates, we've got baseball sectionals and softball as well across the area. Some big baseball games set for Saturday, probably none bigger than a New Albany Jeffersonville rivalry game at 11 a.m. at Jennings County High School, a semifinal game. In the 4A sectional, we'll be there. P.K. Falkenstein will join the broadcast, and we'll be on the air about 1045 or so Saturday morning. And the uh, Wednesday night games, except for the weather delays, were awesome. Great pitching, a lot of talent, great coaches in those games, and and I see no reason that that New Albany Jeff uh, tilt on Saturday should not be great as well. We'll be back at Jennings County on Monday for some Memorial Day baseball and look forward to bringing you the championship game from the 4A sectional as well. But I was talking to a couple buddies last night. I tell you what, uh, you know, whoever wins between New Albany and Jeff has a real chance to win the 4A sectional. And as you drop down, Silver Creek in 3A, they're the favorite there at Madison. Uh, in 2A, Providence, the defending state champions, another great opportunity for them to make a run, I think, into the tournament. And even at 1A, Borden is really good. They could make some noise locally at that level as well. So a big week gearing up for a big weekend, I should say, gearing up for and a holiday weekend as well. So let's hope the weather clears out. We've had a, a lot of rain here the last few days and uh, been very tough for some of these athletic directors to get in games. I heard nightmares about the 3A sectional at Madison uh, with a, a natural dirt and grass field trying to get all those games in. But again, fr- uh, Saturday morning, 1045 pregame coverage uh, from Jennings County. Uh, P.K. Falkenstein will be with me. Should be a great one. New Albany and Jeff in a sectional baseball rivalry game. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we're going to continue talking with some of the new coaches here in the area Yesterday, we just had a fabulous interview with Sharon Wilkerson, who is coming back to Jeffersonville to take over the program. It was so neat to hear his plans to come back to a city and a program that did so much for him and what he intends to do there. And today, we'll continue that trend with Blake Snodgrass, who was an assistant coach at Jeffersonville under Andrew Grant's last season. Blake comes from a basketball family in our state. There is absolutely no question about that. And he'll join us to talk about taking over the new Washington job this upcoming season. And I think the really interesting thing about New Washington is uh, Coach Snodgrass takes over the program with some real talent coming back next season and 
a new sectional assignment, which could be very beneficial to the Mustangs. So Coach Snodgrass with us here in just a few moments as we open up the show. Later in the hour, Dylan Wallace, he's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He always joins on Fridays. We talk a lot of IU basketball, football, and more, and we'll do that today. Of course, Coach Woodson was in southern Indiana just a few nights ago and had a lot to say about Trace Jackson Davis and the Hoosiers for next season. And uh, we'll recap all of that uh, and get into some of those specifics when Dylan, when he's with us today. And then later in the hour, Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star. We talk hoops and recruiting and a lot more each week with Kyle when he joins us. And I think the topic today that we got to broach with Kyle is Xavier Booker at Indianapolis Cathedral. Uh, he's been a name that IU and many other schools have been targeting now for really a few seasons. We've had uh, Coach Delaney on as uh, coach at Cathedral, uh, who kind of helps us in the offseason with the EYBL updates and recruiting updates on his guys and others. And we know he's a player of interest, but he has really made some jumps this spring, even since March when Cathedral won the 4A championship. Xavier Booker, I saw yesterday, in one ranking, now number four in the country uh, in his class. And so we'll talk a lot about Xavier and his surge to the national scene, really. And I don't know that we should be terribly surprised because it used to be Indiana and a lot of Midwestern schools recruiting Xavier. Now he's got offers from schools across the country, and he's starting to draw interest from some of the major blue blood powers in college hoops. So we'll talk Xavier Booker and more with Kyle when he's with us a little bit later in the hour. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available at well, as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. And the Thornton's text line is open We'd love to hear from you. You know who our guests are, your questions, your comments, local sports, IU, whatever it may be, that number 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That's the Thornton's text line. Thornton's is your perfect stop for all of the best pick-me-up items you need each day to get your day started, like their fresh coffee and delicious donuts. Three guests in the hour. Let's get started right now with Blake Snodgrass. Coach, welcome in. Uh, your first appearance on the Hoosier Report, and congratulations on the head coaching job, your first opportunity to lead your own program. Thank you, Matt. I really appreciate it. I'm uh, glad to be on the uh, glad to be on the show for the first time. Absolutely, Thank you. absolutely, Coach. Before we get into your challenge ahead and this new opportunity for you, let's start with you and your family. Kind of an introduction. I think a lot of people will recognize your last name. Your father has been a coach in our state for many years. Your brother has been in the basketball scene as well. Now the head coach at Rising Sun in southeastern Indiana, and you've been involved locally now for a number of years as well. A little bit about you, your background, uh, where you've coached at, and then what's it been like to be part of this Snodgrass basketball family? Uh, Matt, honestly, I feel extremely blessed. Uh, I tell my father all the time, I'm not sure he he truly realizes the uh, the impact he's had on, on my brother and I. Uh, but we grew up true gym rats uh, in the gym playing and, and, and just soaking it up and learning. And uh, my father's always been known as a program builder, and I think that helps uh, for uh, my brother and I when we sit down for interviews. I mean, it's just uh, it's kind of an of added bonus that I, I don't think a lot of candidates get to have, and, and I feel very fortunate and blessed for that. Absolutely. Blake Snodgrass, new new Washington coach, is our guest. Mm -hmm. Last year at Jeffersonville, 
Um, yes, you, you got a chance to actually coach the Red Devils because Andrew Grant's had a really uh, tough stretch there with some COVID and a few medical issues, and you were the fill-in guy and got some good experience there for the Red Devils. But your background, where have you coached at? You were at Jeff last year, and a little mm-hmm. bit about what prepares you to take over this new Washington job. Yes, sir. So I started my uh, varsity experience at Fishers High School under Matt Moore. I was there for uh, the first three years and uh, winning this three-year stretch that they had uh, in school history. Um, and then the previous two years, as you mentioned, with uh, Andrew Grant, Coach Grant at Jeffersonville. Uh, also played collegiately and, and just have, again, been uh, you know raised and grown up as uh, part of a basketball program. So I think that truly prepares me for the challenges ahead. But, I mean, as you mentioned earlier, I've got a lot of talent coming back, and I'm extremely blessed as a first-year coach. Uh, and I think that uh, we're primed for success there in New Washington. All right, let's talk about some of that talent. Uh, the Arthur yes, name is another great last name as far as basketball here in southern Indiana, and you've got two of the Arthur boys in your program right now. One will be a senior, the other a sophomore, and there are some other names that I know you're wanting to get to know and watch and figure out as well, but a little bit about what you know. What's the first glance of this team you're taking over there at New Washington? Uh, you hit the nail on the head, Matt, uh, that I have two of the Arthur boys, and the Arthur family in, in New Washington is, is essentially royalty with uh, their uncle Shannon being the Clark County all-time leading scorer at 1,900-and-something points. Uh, and coincidentally, Matt will probably end his career uh, taking that record over and breaking that record this year. He's 1,400-and-something. Uh, uh, so, I mean, again, coming in with uh, a 1,400-point scorer over the last three years, uh, his younger brother Mason is a sophomore to be and I think is, is truly – uh, a special talent. Uh, it, it's a blessing, and I think that uh, that's definitely going to allow us to uh, to have a lot of success this year. All right, the foundation of the Arthur's coach. One of the things that uh, really caught my attention about three weeks ago when the IHSA updated things this off season mm-hmm. was a new sectional assignment for New Washington. That one A sectional at Borden has been so very good. If you think back about some of the good teams and the coaches that make up that sectional, New Washington has been a big part of making that sectional a tough one now for so many years. But New Washington has been peeled away from sectional 62 at board, and they're going to go to another location with some different teams. And, you know, sectionals are always tough. You, you've been around enough to know it takes a little luck and a, a lot of preparation and some really good players to win them. But you're headed to a different environment, and I'm not going to say it's going to be easier, but it's going to be different, and there sure is an opening there, an opportunity to maybe uh, right out of the gate make some noise. There absolutely is, Matt. You're correct. Uh, and if, for a guy who, even though I'm, I'm younger as a, a 37-year-old, I don't feel that young, uh, I, I think it's a little bit of a, of a you know, tragedy that Nuwash is leaving a sectional they've been a part of for decades. However, uh, it does present a great opportunity for us. Uh, we also found out yesterday we're going to host, I believe, the next two seasons uh, for the sectional. Um, and as you probably know, my brother at Rising Sun is in that sectional as well. So it could be very interesting. Absolutely. That's I, I did not put that together, but that is going to be a, a potential for a, a Snodgrass <laughs> uh, battle there. So that will be something to keep an eye on. Blake Snodgrass, the new head coach at New Washington, join us, joining us today here as we start our Friday program. Coach, the month of June is almost here, and you've got a busy schedule because you'll uh, get your first opportunities to practice and work with the Mustangs on the court 
and I know you've got a number of opportunities set up to uh, take your team and play some games in summer league action as well. You know, every offseason is important. It's a chance for players to get better and for programs to make strides. But I got to believe this June is going to be especially important for you to learn the lay of your team, the lay of the land there in New Washington, and get things rolling. As a first-year coach uh, in a new program, yes, you're 100% correct. It's going to be imperative this June is uh, extremely efficient and effective for us uh, because that's where we will win our sectional. We'll win our regional. Is it the work we do in June individually as uh, as ballplayers and as a team? Uh, so I'm excited, and we've got a full slate of practice and and shootouts we're a part of. In fact, we're going to Southwestern Shelbyville where we'll play Wapahani, who likely will be you know preseason number one. Uh, so that'll be a great test, a, a nice litmus test for us. Absolutely, Blake Snodgrass, my guest coach. Congratulations on the job. Uh, great to have you with us, and uh, we'll look forward to your progress in New Washington. Some exciting players, and I think uh, some good days ahead, uh, even in year one for you. So thanks for the time today. Thank you again, Matt. I appreciate it. All right, Blake Snodgrass, a young coach in the area, someone to really keep an eye on as he uh, takes hold in New Washington. He comes from a basketball family, that is for sure, no question about that. His father uh, as he mentioned, a longtime coach in our state. And Blake is someone that has paid his dues as an assistant coach and now the chance to lead the uh, New Washington program. And he mentioned Matthew Arthur, a senior. He does have a legitimate chance to break that record that Shannon Arthur currently holds. And uh, just kind of an amazing storyline there. One of the big ones, I think, to pay attention to uh, in the upcoming high school basketball season. Speaking of summer league, I teased this earlier in the week, but the Kentuckiana Summer Basketball League is going to be well over 300 and something games. It's boys and girls at the uh, high school levels, varsity, JV, some freshman games. There's even middle school boys games. But one of the things probably most excited about getting June underway is an idea we had to have an outdoor night of high school basketball. Uh, the summer, it's not as important as far as who wins or loses. Uh, it's more about development. It's more about trying out rotations, working on things that uh, you want to try out potentially for next season when the games really do count. So on Friday, June 3rd, we're going to get some of the uh, really good varsity programs at, at all levels, big schools, small schools, uh, from southern Indiana and the metro Louisville area and bring them together at Kevin Hammersmith Memorial Park, which is located in New Albany. You've heard me talk of this park before. It's the home of Romeo Langford Court, which is a very first-class court, smooth surface, glass backboards, scoreboard. It's the full deal. It's one of the nicest outdoor courts that I have ever seen, and I've seen a lot of them. Also, the Phillips Pavilion Court, Elliot Phillips, uh, former developer, real estate uh, magnet here in the area, uh, donated that. He, unfortunately, Elliot no longer with us, but uh, the Phillips Court is the same thing as Romeo Court. It's just got an open-air cover over it. It's amazing. It's got a roof. You can play at night with the lights, and you can play during the rain. It's it's really awesome. But that venue, those facilities are going to host Kentucky and a Summer Basketball League Outdoor Night Friday, June 3rd, Kevin Hammersmith Memorial Park. It's three bucks to get in. Uh, bring a lawn chair or bring some sort of bag chair. Seating is going to be very limited as far as uh, bleachers and 
benches and things like that go. But I'm going to give you the full schedule. At 4 o'clock is when it starts. There's games at 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8. On Romeo Court at 4 o'clock, we've got a girls game, Clarksville against Portland Christian. Uh, at 6 o'clock, Charlestown against DeSales. 7 o'clock, New Albany against Manuel. And 8 o'clock, Jeffersonville against Mail. Those are all boys games except for that Clarksville Portland Christian game. Then on Phillips, Phillips Pavilion Court, 4 o'clock is Silver Creek against Sacred Heart. That is 3A runner-up Silver Creek and Kentucky State Champion Sacred Heart playing at 4 o'clock at a girls game. The rest of the way on Phillips Court, it's boys games, Clarksville against Beth Haven from Louisville, Providence against Butler, Corden against Bullet East, and Floyd Central against Evangel in the nightcap. Those are some of the best teams on both sides of the river. And if you'll notice, it's kind of a Southern Indiana versus Metro Louisville theme that night. So we'll be keeping score to see uh, which side of the river can claim uh, early summer dominance as far as looking to next season. But it's going to be a really fun night. It's presented by Frank H. Monroe Heating and Cooling. Uh, Floyd County Parks and Recreation is kind of staging this thing. It's going to be a lot of fun. And weather pending, uh, it'll be, I think, just a jam-packed night. There's going to be food and uh, sports drinks, water, Cokes available, concession items available. Uh, should be a really fun night for everybody from the teams and players to the spectators as well. So more on that coming up next week, but mark your calendar for next Friday night. It's going to be just an outdoor basketball extravaganza like I'm not sure that we've ever had in the area with uh, high school teams playing outdoor games. I just think it's really cool in the summertime uh, is the perfect opportunity in summer league ball to do that. So uh, very excited. Hope you can join us next Friday. I expect, again, if the weather's good, an outstanding crowd for that. I think it'll kind of be a special night for basketball in our area. Head to a commercial break. Come back with Dylan Wallace. He's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, Mike Woodson and Tom Allen. They were at Huber's on Wednesday night. We talked some about it last uh, yesterday on the show. We'll do more today. Some of the storylines about what Coach Woodson had to say in his talk uh, on Wednesday night at Huber's. And a lot more coming up next. Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star still ahead also. Stay with us. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Friday program. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is my guest. The Thornton's text line is open. Uh, that line, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. And again, a reminder, high school baseball, sectional semifinals on the Big X, 11 a.m., New Albany and Jeff, a big one from Jennings County. We'll have that broadcast for you tomorrow. All right, uh, Dylan, welcome in. Mike Woodson had a lot to say on Wednesday night at Huber's, and I tell you what, there were 975 IU fans in the banquet hall that night that uh, were on the edge of their seat wishing that we were uh, getting ready to enter November or December and that the college basketball season was here. 
I can't remember a time uh, here in recent years, at least since we've been doing this show in the off season where IU fans have been more hopeful and had higher expectations uh, for this team in the Big Ten and maybe even the NCAA tournament than what IU fans do right now looking ahead to next season. Absolutely. I mean, it just feels like um, this could be a really, really special season. I mean, the fans are amped up for it, as you said. Um, you know, I was able to kind of catch up on what Woodson said uh, at the winery uh, earlier this week, and I had no idea that many people were there. I mean, wow, that's that's kind of awesome. You know, all I kind of saw was just Woodson there, but that's pretty cool that that, that many people, you know, almost a 1,000 people came out for that. Um, it just kind of shows, you know, in – in May, late May, almost June, just how excited fans are uh, for this season. And I think, you know, a lot of people have started to, as soon as Trace Jackson Davis announced he was coming back, a lot of people started to, you know, put out a Big Ten title contender. Um, and I think those are those are realis- realistic expectations to at least be competing for a Big Ten championship. And, you know, I know some people could be like, well, you know, pump the brakes because, you know, a lot of these guys coming back, uh, you know, they, they just barely got into the tournament, this or that. But, I mean, I think the program needs to get used to kind of having expectations again. You know, I think getting to the tournament uh, was was a huge kind of hurdle to just get over last year. And now I think it's time for the program to take the next step and, and, and be comfortable with having bigger expectations of competing for a Big Ten title, uh, you know, getting a, a top, you know, five seed in the NCAA tournament, uh, maybe making a, a deep tournament run, something like that. Um, you know, and, and hopefully that that's kind of where, where things are trending. I know that's where the expectations are trending, so hopefully the team can live up to it. But, yeah, a lot of excitement, uh, a lot of talent, and it uh, just seems like good vibes all around for Nana basketball, which, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of been a while since I think the fans have been this kind of excited about a season before it kind of gets going. I, I know everyone's kind of excited before the basketball season starts, but this feels like there's really kind of tangible – things you can look look to and point to and be like hey you know this team could be special if they if they put it all together and if guys you know progress how they we think they will and stuff like that so uh, it's an exciting time for sure and uh you know that that event uh this earlier this week uh, showcased that just how many fans came out and wanted to, to see mike woodson and, and talk about the team and hear hear him you know talk about guys coming back and stuff he did last year so exciting time for sure i'm i'm curious uh the reaction to Coach Allen on Wednesday night, Dylan. I uh, we recapped some of this yesterday, primarily basketball stuff from from the Huber's event, and we'll get back into more basketball here in a moment. But obviously, pro IU crowd on Wednesday, no question about that. Uh, football team has had some disappointing disappointing moments, not just last season, but with some departures in the off season and really some question marks headed into next year. It's kind of been a real private offseason as well. No media allowed at spring practices. Uh, There was not a spring game for IU football. So I'm curious, and I'm not sure if you were even at Huber's on Wednesday, but I'm curious what the reaction was to IU football because there's a number of things, I think, to be concerned about even heading into this season. Yeah, IU football is in kind of a weird spot. You know, coming off a you know, well, first of all, you have so much momentum from that that COVID year. You know, you win six games, you were six and two. You get to a bowl game, which which ended up being disappointing. But there's so much so much momentum around the program, and then you kind of follow it up with a lot of injuries. I know that was a part of it, but just the fact of going two and ten, not being competitive in your conference at all. Uh, you know, you you start to kind of lose things. The foundation that seemed to be built and was very strong 
seemed a little bit fractured, and it still kind of seems that way. As you said, we haven't really heard a lot from coaches. There haven't been a whole lot of media availabilities. There wasn't a spring game, like you said. Uh, it's just kind of been kind of closed-door stuff, and I think they're trying to just repair the damage that was done uh, just from last season, going 2-10 and 10 and, and all that kind of stuff. And I know there were – you know, I think Micah McFadden, you know, who, who was drafted by the New York Giants, said in, in an interview toward the end of, of last season, or maybe it was after the season was wrapped up, how – you know, there are certain guys in the locker room that, you know, you could tell they, they weren't bought in. They, they didn't want to be there. So, you know, hopefully some of these departures have, have been a positive thing. And, and, you know, the guys there now are going to hopefully, you know, lock back into kind of what, what the culture sh- should be that Tom Allen has built up. Because I think we all know, you know, Tom Allen's a, a pretty good guy in terms of, you know, building up, you know, guys' confidence and, and trying to have them believe in, in a certain thing here or there. But uh, it's got to translate to winning, and, and last year it did not. And, uh, you know, that's kind of where they're trying to, trying to you know, make, make the ground again is kind of build that back up. And, um, you know, it's been interesting for sure. And, you know, I, I think you go heading into this season, people aren't super optimistic about the football team, and it's hard to be. I think, um, you know, there was a, a sports book came out with their over-under wins was like four and a half. Um, so, you know, that's not even, even if they hit in the over, you're not even guaranteed a bowl game for that. Um, so it it should be interesting, uh, to see kind of how this plays out and we don't know who the starting quarterback is going to be. This is all a bunch of stuff with Indiana football going on right now that, uh, isn't too positive, which is why the basketball team having so much excitement is probably a good thing because fans kind of just forget about the football team and can, can be super excited about basketball, which is, I guess kind of how things used to be uh, before before it kind of flipped over for a couple for a couple of years there, but yeah, I mean it it just seems kind of disappointing, kind of negative, uh, not too optimistic, and you hope that you know they can try to turn things around and and get get the season kind of rolling. I know that they start with Illinois on a Friday night this year. They they play Idaho right away, so you know hopefully if you can get you know two wins right off the start of the season before you kind of go to to Cincinnati, I think. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully that that plays out well for them, and they can kind of get some momentum going because it, it's been a rough. It was a rough season last year. It's been a rough off season. It seems like you know you lost the the McCullough guys, those, those recruits. You know, obviously their dad went to go coach at Notre Dame, so kind of understandable why they left. But yeah, I mean they're just trying to trying to get traction back and trying to get back that kind of foundation that seemed to be there uh, that seemed like it got a little fractured last year. And what other football thing? I promise we'll get back to basketball here in a second. I had a couple of people texting saying, uh, get, "Get back to basketball. That's where it's hot right now." But uh, <laughs> uh, the, the football schedule, at least some some kickoff times were announced yesterday. Week one, the Illinois game at eight p.m. kick. Week two against Idaho at eight p.m. kick. Then the Western Kentucky game is a noon kick on the seventeenth. Just to kind of give you a preview. Uh, also, the Michigan game a noon kick, the Rutgers game a noon kick. So some of the times out. Um, general thoughts. I know we've talked about you know this is a kind of a season on the brink almost for Tom Allen and IU football. But is this is this an IU football team that is in the middle of the pack as far as the conference goes, or at the bottom of the pack? Where are they projected at by a lot of uh, real early uh, thoughts there on this football season? Uh, I would say they're probably near the bottom of the pack just because, you know, obviously we all know, uh, you know, Ohio State, you know, Penn State, Michigan, Michigan State, those four are always going to be really good. Um, then, you know, on the west side you have, you know, Wisconsin, you have Minnesota, who's, who's, who's usually pretty good, Iowa, 
I mean, that's that's about seven teams right there who are all kind of, you know, you expect them all to kind of be better than Indiana. And then even, you know, what, what Rutgers has done with Greg Schiano there, I, I know Maryland got to a bowl game last year. I mean, even some of the teams that were used to being at the bottom of the conference um, showed a lot of kind of positive steps last season. And that, that kind of just leaves you with Indiana football and, and thinking that, hey, you know, it, it, they, they're going to have to do some work to get out of the bottom of the Big Ten and get back to the middle. You know, I think right now, unfortunately, you know, it, it just feels like Indiana's in the same class as like, you know, in Illinois or, you know, even a Purdue, I guess, you know, toward, toward kind of the bottom of the conference. And, you know, hopefully they're able to turn things around. I think their schedule, you know, with some of their opening opponents, you know, they should be able to have uh, hopefully a strong start to the year, you know, before they kind of get into some of the tougher Big Ten games. And, you know, hopefully that kind of helps them build up and, and, and you know, get get some more wins. But, you know, it's just going to be tough. And, and I think they're just more toward the bottom than the middle. Um, but hopefully, you know, if they can work their way back up, get get more toward the middle and hopefully try to, you know, regroup and rebuild to try to at least get back into the, the conversation for the top. Because, I mean, it seems like we talked about this last week as well, just how the, you know, the, the division seem like they're going to be gone, uh, but they won't be gone until at least next year with 2023. So, you know, we'll kind of see how that plays out for them. And, and hopefully, you know, they, they can get out of the, the lower class of the Big Ten for sure. All right. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is my guest. Uh, we'll get back to IU basketball right now. Uh, Dylan, some rumors out there that the Indiana uh, men's basketball team is in discussions to play in the Empire Classic up at New York City. It's played in Madison Square Garden uh, every year. Texas, Connecticut, Louisville, uh, the potential teams also being mentioned with Indiana there. So slowly but surely we're learning about uh, non-conference games for next season. And I tell you what, you think about the Arizona game that's uh, not set officially yet, but rumored and, and possible for Las Vegas. And then you think about the Kansas game, which is a road game in the first year of that contract for Indiana. And then maybe a game in the Empire Classic. And I think Coach Woodson mentioned maybe a Gavitt uh, game appearance against the Big East team when he was at Huber's the other night. Kind of learning a little bit of detail about the schedule for next year. But that Empire Classic deal, what about an Indiana-Louisville matchup there? Yeah, that'd be awesome. And I think it's – isn't it actually in the Barclays Center, not Madison Square Garden? I think it's in Brooklyn, the Empire Classic. Um, so – I think if they go there, that's where that would be. But yeah, I mean, Indiana, Louisville. I mean, you heard Woodson say on on Wednesday how, uh, you know, he's he's obviously talked to to Kenny Payne and, and about, you know, I, and he's like, I know I can get Louisville back on the schedule. We've promised each other some games in the future, and uh, you know that that could potentially be one of them uh, in 2023. You know, and uh, you know, in in New York and being able to kind of play Louisville there, that'd be cool. Uh, I remember, you know, UConn and Texas, the other two teams that are kind of rumored to be in that in that uh, empire classic in 2023 i remember you know in 2019 i think it was indiana played in the uh jimmy v classic in Madison garden and they played yukon and that was kind of a really fun and louisville was also there they played texas tech in the first game so you know they've they've both kind of been in that in these kind of situations you know pretty, pretty recently and they just weren't matched up against each other so you know that that'd be that'd be pretty cool if they if they match up against one another. Um, it's unfortunate that it may, might not be as local as uh, or, and kind of Midwest area as people would hope. But um, you know that'd, that'd be really that'd be a really fun matchup. And I think fans are excited that Woodson seems so kind of eager to get some of uh, you know the Louisville and obviously the Kentucky and you know hoping to kind of rekindle some of these matchups. And um, I just think hearing Indiana's name and all these kind of classics and these bigger non-conference games is just. It's just fun to it's just fun to see now, you know, you know, Indiana especially with kind of the expectations, 
you know, a lot of people are starting to have for them, for them to kind of be in these high-profile non-conference games, um, it, it's a good thing. It, it's awesome to kind of be in, in the spotlight in these classics in the non-conference season. So, uh, I, you know, it, it's really fun to kind of see, you know, them being rumored to be in all, the, all these kind of things because it's been a long time coming for them to kind of get in these. And, uh, yeah, you mentioned the Gavit games. I think it's kind of funny. They could they could now match up against Butler in the Gavit games now because there's no longer the crossroads. So that would be interesting if, if those, if, you know, they play Butler – in Hinkle, if Butler comes to assembly, I think that that adds a little bit more kind of an intrigue to those kind of matchups. So uh, it should be fun. You know, this should be a really good non-conference slate uh, this season in, in 2022 in this November um, and December. But I also, you know, we're starting to see some of these sprinkles for 2023 and the potential games Indiana could be at uh, in that season as well. So it, they're doing a really good job kind of building up the schedule. And Woodson obviously seems. Um, you know, he you, you can tell he kind of knows that hey, you know, we we want to play some some bigger opponents and uh, you know be in these kind of bigger classics and and games like that. So it's a good thing all around, and I think Indiana fans are all excited to kind of see the Hoosiers uh, in a, in a more kind of prominent spotlight in the non-conference slate. Yeah, and Dylan, I, I thought at first too it was a, a New Jersey or Brooklyn thing, but I just checked it is Madison Square Garden. Oh, wow. I, I thought the the neat connection there. Uh, and I want to get to some questions from the text line here in a moment, but the neat uh, connection there would be Mike Woodson returning to Madison Square Garden, where he spent so many years with the Knicks. Uh, kind of a neat connection for him to back to be back in the city and to see a lot of the the Knicks folks, and then to get a chance to play at you know Madison Square Garden is not too bad either. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Um, and isn't didn't was Kenny Payne with the Knicks for a little bit as well? Yeah. Yep, world, yeah, so world if, wide mean, west. Kenny Payne, yeah. uh, Woodson. You got a whole bunch of connections there. Can you, that are yeah, big can names. you imagine if if it was Indiana, Louisville, Mike Woodson and Kenny Payne are are, are coaching against each other in Madison Square Garden, where they both kind of coach? I mean, that'd be story writes itself there. I mean, that'd be kind of an awesome matchup to have. So hopefully they can make that happen. That'd be awesome. Absolutely, Dylan Wallace, my guest, Dylan, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. The Thornton's text line uh, texture says Woodson's comments and he's referring to Hubers the other night. Woodson's comments relative to three-point shooting did not include Anthony Lill. Why is Lill an afterthought at best for IU basketball? Um, it's a good question. You know, I think Anthony Lill, you know, when he, in the moments that he got minutes last year, I think fans saw that, you know, he, he certainly gives 100% effort, and that, and that's great. You know, people love to see that. But I just felt like he was always a little bit hesitant to to pull the trigger on some of his shots or, you know, a shot that he could get. He always, and he wanted to move the ball, which is good. You want to keep the ball moving, which is great. But I think Anthony Leal came to Indiana to be a shooter and he hasn't really kind of showcased that. And, you know, he's, he hasn't shot a lot of attempts and when he does, they probably don't go, go in at the rate that, you know, you'd hope they would. So, uh, you know, hopefully, you know, he has a really good off season this year going into his third year in college and, and he can maybe take that step and be a guy that can come in off the bench and, and hit some threes. But, uh, I guess just what, from what we've seen the last couple of years, um, I guess it, it, he just doesn't seem like a guy who right now is, is maybe what, what Woodson kind of trusts to bring off the bench defensively or kind of being like a knockdown shooter. But I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't, I probably won't take too much into that. I think Woodson was just trying to name names off the top of his head. And I don't think he intentionally meant to leave Anthony Lee loud or anything like that. You know, I think he was just kind of listing guys, but um, maybe it means something, maybe it doesn't, but I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll kind of see this season if Anthony Leal can find a role. I mean, I think one of the biggest questions of this season is there seems to be, like, a lot of guys, and 
I feel like, you know, we do this every offseason. You know, you always look at guys and be like, oh, yeah, they have a lot of guys. Then, you know, by February, you're like, okay, they only have like six guys, actually. But I don't know. I feel like this year could be different. I feel like there's actually, you know, 11 guys who could probably realistically get minutes and be productive. So um, we'll see if Leo can crack into that because, I mean, you know, we all know he's a really good shooter. Um, and I'm sure he makes a lot of them in practice. But, you know, if he can translate that to in the games and if he continues to grow and can be a, a plus defender or someone that doesn't at least hurt you on that end, um, there's no reason why you shouldn't be able to come in and, and maybe help the team in certain certain areas. But, you know, we just have to see it first. We haven't seen it a whole lot. Um, and, and, you know, hopefully his confidence can grow with Woodson. You know, that, that, that's a big thing. It seems like Woodson can kind of get these guys to believe in themselves and, and be confident. So so we'll see. Um, I don't, but I don't think Woodson intentionally left them out of that. I mean, I guess we'll just kind of see if Leal can crack into the rotation this season, though. All right. Uh, I want to get to this quickly. One other question from the text line. And this is kind of a differing opinion from the general text or feel you get about Trace Jackson Davis. But the texter says, I love T.J. D to death and don't mean to, uh, I guess, knock him down in any manner. He is a fantastic player, and I'm glad he's back. Without sliding TJD, it just seemed the team contributed more and was a better team when he was on the bench. Maybe he should be more of a forward than a center and let the big man play more. Your your reaction to that uh, opinion from our text line? I think there's some truth to it. I mean, obviously, Trace Jackson Davis has had his ups and downs um, throughout his Indiana career and throughout just an individual season and throughout halves of basketball games, it seems like, as well. I mean, after that Nebraska game where he took that kind of hard fall, and I'm not saying he was hurt at all, but I'm just saying this just to, so people can realize, like, you know, what after what game I'm talking about. It just seemed like he went into a big lull. Um, it didn't seem like he was as engaged as he should have been. Um, and and in that in those games, I mean, I definitely agree that you know, especially I mean, the Purdue games obviously the biggest example. Of, you know, he doesn't play a whole lot. Indiana plays really well when he was off the floor. They compete and things like that. But I mean, I I think when you saw what Trace did at the end of the season, you know, the second half against Michigan in the Big Ten tournament, the Illinois game, the Iowa game, the Wyoming game, and the in the play-in, uh, I mean. Indiana was so much better with Trey Jackson Davis on the floor when he's playing like that, when he's engaged, when he's more of like a role man, when he's sort of engaged in attacking the basket, using his quickness, you know, they're not doing as much kind of just post-ups with him. Uh, he, he was really good. Um, and I think if you're getting that version of Trace, who's a little bit more quicker, and I think, you know, if his game continues to evolve the way we hope it does, um, I think they're going to. I think you know if they use him like that, they're, they're going to be. You know, obviously they're going to be better with him on the floor. Uh, the only thing with me, and it, it, I agree with this text a little bit because when he decided to come back, I think it helps Indiana in the short term because obviously the expect we all know the expectations skyrocketed when he returned. Um, he's, they're going to be better with him on the floor, but in the long term, I wonder if it causes some development to be halted a little bit. Does Jordan Geronimo take as big of a leap as we thought he might with Trace back? Does a guy like Malik Renault get as many minutes as maybe he could have gotten if Trace didn't come back? Things like that. And, and you know, it, it might not be a bad thing, but it, it's just something to keep in mind is that, you know, how much, you know, can we continue to get these younger guys to develop with Trace and with Trace getting so many minutes? Um, you hope You hope those things can just, you know, 
cores together and be just fine. Um, but, but it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But I do think Indiana is definitely better with Trace. I think their ceiling gets raised a lot more if he's playing like how he did at the end of the season. Um, we've seen him not play like that, and obviously it hurts them. Um, which is probably what what the texture means is when he's not engaged and he doesn't seem and he you know he's missing kind of you know bunnies at the rim. Um, it definitely kind of hurts the team. But I think if if he's locked in and if his game expands to maybe he he can shoot a little bit better from the outside, not even just threes, but like a fifteen foot, seventeen foot jump shot. I mean, we'll kind of see if his if his game evolves and he plays like he did at the end of the season. I think there's no question Indiana's better with Trace on the floor. All right, Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Dylan, I'll see you in Jennings County, North Vernon, on Saturday. You'll be there to cover the Owls of Seymour against the uh, Bedford North Lawrence Stars in that second semifinal. And, uh, again, great chat, covering a lot of ground today. Have a great Memorial Day weekend and enjoy some sectional baseball. Yep, sounds good. Thank you. All right, we'll head to a commercial break and come back with our final segment of the week. Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star will talk some recruiting. The EYBL is coming to Louisville this weekend, and a lot of big IU targets and really just in general uh, great high school basketball players will be at the Kentucky Fair and Exposition Center there near Freedom Hall for uh, a weekend of hoops. We'll talk that. Xavier Booker's rise to national prominence and so much more. You're listening to a Friday edition of the Hoosier Report. We'll be back in just a few moments with our final segment of the week. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. We're back on this Friday program. I want to tell you about a new partner with the Big X Sports Radio, Shady Rays Sunglasses. If you're tired of buying expensive sunglasses only to lose or break them, or worse, you never wear them because you don't want to get them dirty, I want to tell you about Shady Rays. It's an independent, American-owned company. It started right across the river in Kentucky. And exclusively for our listeners here on the Big X, we have a deal for you. Shady Rays is offering 25% off so you can try them out and see what they're all about. Use code BIGX, all one word, B-I-G-X, at checkout for 25% off of adult shades at the ShadyRays.com website. Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star with me to close out the week. Kyle, Xavier Booker of Cathedral, a player that Indiana has been tracking and recruiting now for some time. He has absolutely skyrocketed up the national rankings. He's now number four in the new 247 sports rankings for the class of 2023 that came out yesterday. He has had a monster spring. Uh, yeah, slightly, I'd say. <laughs> and I, I texted with his dad yesterday. They're actually down in Houston for the uh, USA basketball uh, experience. They're trying. He's, Xavier's trying to make the uh, U18 team, which you know will be a difficult task. There are some college guys on there, but you know they take 12 out of the 27. And I think at 6'11", and the way he can shoot, he would have a good shot at it. But I, you know, who knows what they're looking for exactly? But 
But yeah, I think this is partially Matt, probably part of, you know, stuff we've talked about in the past as far as the, you know, the scouts, you know, weren't really able to see him much. There was kind of limited AAU for a first part of his career, uh, the early part of it. And then also just part of it is that he's just playing really well, you know, so it's kind of the combination. I think the, the lower ranking on the back end was more of like people that hadn't seen him that much really. And, and, you know, for at least from a national perspective, and then he's just, you know, he's, he's playing more consistent obviously, or he wouldn't be top five in the country, but, but yeah, it's, it's been cool to see. I mean, he's really, you know, he's a unique player and a, in a, you know, a quality person, I think too. So it's, it's good to see him having this type of, uh, success this spring and and it'll be interesting to see what that ultimately means for his recruiting because it's more of a you know I think we even talked about this before like you know it's it was interesting to me that it wasn't more national you know even a couple of months ago and now it's kind of getting there so you know will it stay a big 10 you know footprint I, it doesn't seem to be the case it's going to be more of a national recruit and that's not to say he won't end up somewhere in the big 10 footprint but I think there's more uh, national interest in him now than ever. Uh, let's talk about his recruiting for just a moment. It's become a national recruitment. I know IU fans wondering where Indiana stands, and it's really hard to get a read on that right now because of all the new scholarship offers and schools that are beginning to really look at him. And with the summer opportunities, the, there's a live period, uh, two of them later in June with his high school stuff, and there'll be a handful of them in July as well. Uh, he's going to be, I think, one of the most watched and evaluated players by the very best teams in college basketball this July. Yeah, and I think it's fair to say, not giving away any secrets to say Tom Izzo has made him a very high priority. I mean, I've seen him at, you know, multiple games of Cathedral and, you know, AAU, and he's always, you know, you know when Tom Izzo makes it a priority when he's, you know, sitting there front and center and, and you know, make the you know those first games of the period and stuff like that where he's there and, Making sure he's, uh, you know, uh, you know, making that that recruit priority. So there's no doubt that Michigan State is going to be a big part of this recruitment, and you know, and obviously with Purdue's success with with big men, and you know, but you also think too, you know, and IU and they're and they're, you know, they're, they're really having an uptick in their recruiting too. So not to leave them out at all either, but but it's also too. I kind of wonder too if maybe his game maybe translates somewhere out of the Big Ten. You know, the Big Ten such a rugged. Uh, conference and you know for for big men and you know maybe he's you know I'm just this is just me talking but you know it does make you wonder if maybe he, he would fit more in like an ACC type of a place or a you know somewhere that's maybe not quite as physical um, you know again not to say you can't thrive in the Big Ten the way he plays but it's just a different it's a little bit different type of, of basketball sometimes too. All right, Kyle Nedrip, the Indianapolis Star, my guest. Kyle, a couple quick things to cover. Uh, EYBL, the Nike Circuit, returns to our area. In fact, it's just across the river in Louisville this weekend. So a lot of these big names that we talk about each week when basketball recruiting comes up are going to be in Louisville this weekend, although no college coaches can be in attendance. Yeah, so that's another, you know, and like you mentioned earlier, we're going to have a couple of uh, spots in June where, you know, the coaches can be there for uh, the recruiting period. And, you know, I think we've talked, you know, I, I like that. I think you do too, where it's it's kind of adds another element to the uh, to the high school uh, season in June. But yeah, this is the last, you know, the last you know, non-high school uh, event, you know, right before the uh, the, the high school period begins here in June. So, you know, another chance to, to get out on the YBL circuit. And, and, you know, those are, you know, for people who haven't gone to them down there, I mean, they're, they're very uh, quality uh, basketball. You know, there's a lot of, 
lot of guys that you're going to see out there who eventually will be playing in the NBA and it's fun to see them in, in person and kind of, you know, know who they're, you know, like Trey Young, when he was up here, I remember following him around for a while and, and, you know, just kind of getting a, getting a chance to see him up close. And there's multiple other DeAndre Ayton and a lot of those guys that you get to see play uh, shoot even guys from here, Jaron Jackson, who's in the NBA now and, and, and players like that. So it's, it's a good, you know, I don't know how much they're charging down there, but it's, you get a pretty good bang for your buck, uh, you know, even though it's probably going to be pretty costly to get in. The problem is when you go to the, the Expo Center, it's a great facility, but you get hit with the admission fee, and then there's yeah. a big parking fee on top of that, so you get double whammied for fans that want to go watch some basketball, but that seems to be the way of the world. These uh, these costs to get in these tournaments just continues to go up and up and up. Kyle Nedenrip, the well, Indianapolis. Go ahead, Kyle. Go ahead. I was just going to say that that's a problem. I mean, it, it, to me, that's just you're, you're I mean, it, it seems to be just out of control anymore. You know, and that, this is me going on a rant. But when I was talking to somebody about this last night, it's like, you know, you got to pay a hundred bucks to get in for a weekend. I mean, that's just, it's you know, crazy. what are we doing? I mean, Absolutely. Crazy. The day of five bucks and, and $6 admission tickets, so just uh, it, it's going away, it seems. But good point. That's probably a whole nother uh, yeah. discussion we could have. Kyle Nedrip of the Indianapolis Star. Kyle, baseball sectional championships coming up on Monday. Enjoy those in your area. Thanks for being with us today. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.